Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Chris Dovniak, your host, and welcome to another one of our monthly Q&A episodes. Today is an extra special Q&A episode. Not that all of our episodes aren't special, but my sweet co-host Danielle is on maternity leave. She is giving birth to her sweet baby girl soon, if not already. And so today I have a special guest on with me, a requested guest, actually a third time guest here on the podcast, my husband, Nick. Nick is not a professional in any way that the professionals on this podcast are. He is just showing up today as my husband. We are answering your questions you had for us. And boy, did you have questions for us. We got a ton of fun questions as well as some more serious questions. So in this episode, we talk about everything from tips to approaching the conversation around meal planning, balancing work and kids and home, hard seasons of our relationship and easy seasons in our relationship, um, what makes the biggest difference in our relationship, friendships in relationships. We also talk about things that annoy each other. We talk about whether it was love at first sight the things that went wrong on our wedding day, talking about things that we learn in podcasts and books. We talk about traveling styles, favorite dates, and things that would surprise you to know about each of us. So it was such a fun episode to record. But before we dive in, I just want to remind you guys that we are in no way relationship experts. We have gone through a lot in our 13 plus years together. And so everything that we are sharing today 
is just from our own experiences, going through the hard and the good of being married for more than 11 years together for, you know, almost a decade and a half. And we're not coming from this as professionals or feeling like we know more than anyone else. We're really just sharing our own experiences and our own advice and having some fun along the way. You'll hear Nick crack a beer halfway through the episode uh, because this was our date night. We had some nachos together and then we made a special little cocktail and sat in front of the mic and had a great time chatting with you for about an hour and a half. So I hope you guys will love this conversation as much as we loved recording it for all of you. So without further ado, this is our monthly Q&A marriage edition. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Chris Dovniak, your host, and I am here with a special guest for our Q&A episode this month. My sweet Q&A co-host Danielle is, if not currently, has already given birth to her second sweet baby, so she is on maternity leave right now, um, and so I have some fun guests to come in and fill her spot while she is gone and taking care of her two little ones. So tonight, after after a lot of requests, I have um, one of our one of our top Q and A guests. Actually, I've only had a couple Q and A guests, but uh, people seem to love you. I have, uh, <laughs> including myself, I have my husband uh, Nick on here with us today. So Nick has been on with me for two other episodes. We did a conversation, kind of all about my journey with food and finding food freedom and our relationship through that. And then we also just did a Q&A episode, but both of those were a couple years ago now, so it's been a while since we have been on the mic together. And so I'm excited to answer some questions. We have a lot of questions. Like, I'm pretty sure this is the most questions I've ever gotten for Q&A. Uh, so we're going to see how long this is. Um, I'm definitely a woman of more words than you are, but y- you never know. You've got a drink in front of you. <laughs> so not so. a woman. That's true. Well, I meant you are a man of fewer words than I am a woman of whatever. Okay, let's cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. It's been a while. Happy date night. Uh, we are sipping Boulevardiers, which is similar to a Negroni, but it's made with uh, whiskey. It's made with bourbon, which I enjoy. I love bourbon, but I actually think I prefer a classic Negroni, but it's tasty. So we're having a little cocktail, having a little date night. So cheers to date night. Um, Though uh, Debbie, the sex therapist who was on, actually, it will have been last week now, the last two weeks, said that she doesn't believe in date nights, that she says that we should spend our time being intimate versus spending time going out and stuffing ourselves on food. So that tray of nachos we had earlier was maybe not. Well, yeah. So we have a whole ton of questions, but before we jump in, do you want to kind of introduce yourself because it has been a while for anyone who doesn't know you other than you are my husband? Yeah, so uh, I'm Nick. I am Kristen's husband, um, father of two, and I spend most of my days running uh, sailboat racing programs for those of you who are new. Um Yeah. That's you in a nutshell. That's we also nutshell. Uh, share those kids too. We share those also, kids. <laughs> so so like I said, we got quite a few questions, um, and I guess we're just gonna get as get to as many as we can until we're sort of questioned out. Um, but I have a question for you before we start, 
we have kind of two categories of questions here. We have some more serious questions, uh, questions on working from home, questions on relationships, questions on friendships. And then we have some really fun stuff, too. So what do you prefer? Do you want us to start with the serious stuff and then get into the fun stuff? Or do you want to start with the fun stuff and get into the serious stuff once we're halfway through our drinks? (laughs) Let's start with the serious stuff first so then when people get tired of my voice and want to tune out they've at least gotten the important stuff first before we get too far off the rails would it explode your brain if we mixed and matched it might (laughs) we could do that though you want to mix and match sure okay all right let's do it let's do one serious and then one fun and see if i can keep track (laughs) all right so First question, and I, I I love this one. I'm a little biased in this question, like in loving this question. So we're starting with it. Uh, tips to approach the conversation. What do you want for meals and groceries this week? Do you have any tips for approaching that? Or maybe how we do it? Have an opinion. <laughs> um... I'm assuming this is uh, the person who's doing the grocery shopping meal prep asking the person who is not doing that what they would like prior to them going grocery shopping. I, right? I, I think that's a – yeah, likely, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, as the person who is probably being asked this question, I would say become comfortable with just asking for things because – Otherwise, it can be difficult if you just say, I don't know, whatever. Then you've just added probably 25 to 30 minutes onto whoever's now shopping time as they wander through the store aimlessly wondering what you want. Um, I try to rapidly think in my head um, what I would like for you know breakfast and lunches, which are the things that I'm usually responsible for making myself. And then if there's anything specific I would like to see at any of the dinners, knowing that she's already probably planned out 90% of it already, and that I'm just kind of maybe making a request, but at least for the breakfast and lunches, she has an idea of something to grab, whether that's a yogurt, deli meat, just bread for toast in the mornings, that's what I'm feeling. Um, Just kind of having an answer. It doesn't really matter what the answer is as long as it's something other than I don't know. Um, At the same time, consistency and when you ask helps so that I can be prepared. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, it's a random Wednesday morning when I just woke up. I'm trying to or, you know, figure it, get my bearings, figure out where the kids are, where they got to go, figure out what I have to do today. Oh, yeah. What do you want to eat like next week? I have no idea. But if it's like, okay, every Sunday, every Monday, every – like the same thing every day, yeah, it'll be probably annoying for the first couple weeks because I still won't have an answer. But eventually, I will start to figure out what I want. I don't know if that's helpful or not. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, I I like that a lot because I am the person who, I mean, not surprisingly, plans out the meals and 
does the majority of the grocery shopping and all of that and the vast majority of the cooking as well. So I really just want to include you, include the kids in the conversation. And I'm sure that the person who asked this is also on the same page. Like they want to make sure that they are, you know, they have something on the table that their partner enjoys as well, their family enjoys as well. And so it is, it has been frustrating for me in the past when I ask you and you're just like, I don't know, because your assumption is that you'll just like whatever I make, which you usually do and you eat, you know, you happily eat whatever I put in front of you unless it's olives. But um, and then you'll just pick them out. But I do like, you know, I like when you are a part of the conversation. And so asking you and you having an actual answer is really helpful. And I think just encouraging your partner hey, I actually want to know what you want. I'm not just asking this as a formality. I want to know what you want. It actually helps me out because sometimes I am stumped. So I do lots of recipe testing. So a couple of the meals every week, if I'm testing recipes, are usually like pretty, you know, they're pretty set. So and but the rest of them, I like to know what you and the kids want to have. So when I ask, I really do actually want an answer. So I think that's helpful. Um, And I sort of just got to know the things that you typically like as well. Um, So for breakfast, you oftentimes like yogurt, you like toast, you like those simple things you like having eggs on hand and so I kind of have an idea of that too so I'll sometimes prompt you like hey do you want me to get more bread do you want me to get more yogurt do you need more of this do you need more of that is there a certain type of deli meat you want not that you need to be reading your partner's mind or memorizing the things that they enjoy but I think it can be helpful too to maybe if they do feel put on the spot by it maybe offer them some prompts. So Thursday night, I'm trying to figure out what we can have for dinner because Friday night is date night and Wednesday I already have something planned. Is there something you want? Is there something you've been craving? Um, and I think I think you're right in the consistency. So for, for me, I typically plan my meals the same time every week. It's usually Friday morning. And so at some point, usually I do it kind of before during our morning routine time. So um, typically I'll ask you, and sometimes you do feel put on the spot because it's the morning and you're not a morning person, (laughs) but at least we know, or before I go to the grocery store on Saturday, I'll ask you, hey, is there anything you want me to pick up? So I think that's we're pretty consistent with that now. But yeah, I think encouraging your partner to have an opinion and as the person who is not doing the meal planning and the grocery shopping, being okay with having an opinion and just, uh, yeah, I mean, and thankfully, I mean, we are in a situation where you do eat pretty much everything. There is, there's not much. I mean, you've you've grown a lot in your preferences uh, in our relationship together. I think part of that is just because you married a chef and uh, I introduced you to a lot of different foods. But you've also introduced me to different different foods and different um, cuisines and things like that as well. So we, um, yeah, we've definitely grown in this, in getting on the same page as things of with things. Yeah. So for the most part, it's not even too much of a conversation anymore. I think once you get into that kind of rhythm, then it's not, it's not even a big deal anymore. I think you're probably pickier than I am at this point. With food? Yeah. I, there's the literal only things I don't like are lima beans and I don't really like potatoes. It's more dishes. Like the actual dish? Yeah. I don't think I'm picky. I think I'm, I judge what I cook more because it's my job. So that might be true. Okay. okay. I know there's several things that I eat that you look at. You're like, no. Well, I don't think it's, it's a no. It's an, I can do better. <laughs> I love you, but we all know who's, who the chef in the family is. 
<laughs> I make great fried rice. Thank you very much. You do, but you ate my fried rice the other day and it was really good. It was really good. That sounds like it could have been dirty. <laughs> We're going to let that slide. <laughs> okay, so that was the first serious question. The second fun question, things that annoy you, things that annoy you both that each other does around the house. So what, oh gosh, what annoys you that I do around the house? I'm going to take a sip of my drink. Probably expecting me to function within 30 seconds of getting out of bed. <laughs> I think I'm I'm going to guess that out of your listenership that not every single person is a morning person. Just law of averages. <laughs> um so as somebody who is not a morning person who has been forced to wake up, most of us are forced to wake up long before we actually want to get up. As parents. As parents, as responsible adults with jobs or just in general there's usually something that's getting you up long before you would choose to get up um when you do get up and you're instantly bombarded by questions or tasks or anything like that with the expectation that you are now fully functional because you are standing on two feet that is slightly irritating <laughs> mostly because I don't want to disappoint you with the answer or the response that I'm going to give, but I'm not even really sure what my name is at that point. <laughs> I, I need some coffee. I need to go to the bathroom. I need some water. Hug from the kiddo is great. I need 20, like maybe not 20 minutes, but 10 minutes to just kind of gather myself. So when I get up and I'm like bombarded by, oh, can you do this? What What's your opinion on this? What do you want to do for this? Like I uh, no. <laughs> I was asking you something the other day. I can't remember what, <laughs> what it was. And just the look on your face. Well, really, there was no look on your face. <laughs> just like deadpan. You weren't blinking. And I was like, honey, blink. And you're like, blink. <laughs> Maybe this isn't the time. I know, as a morning person and someone who does wake up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed most of the time, it is hard to relate to non-morning people. But I'm working on not asking you things first thing in the morning, but it is a it is a work in progress. So, um, what you do that annoys me around the house? Uh, you know the answer to this. Never putting the, the thing in the same place twice. That is that is the biggest that is one of our like biggest, you know, little arguments is why did you put this here? And you're like, I don't know, it goes there. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it feels like everything, nothing is ever in the same place twice for you, even though it has a it has a home. Pretty much everything, especially in the kitchen, has a home. But you just tend to forget where the home is. Well, I think usually it had a home and it had an opening and then things shifted around. So its home got filled and then I need to put the thing somewhere. So it got a new home. Except then I can't find it. Like tonight when we were making nachos and I needed to open the beans and I was like, where is the can opener? And you're like the second drawer. I was like, it doesn't go on the second drawer. You didn't see the little return to sender with the new address labeled (laughs) like the post office sends you (laughs) when you move from where the can opener was? No, I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. So that's, that's unfortunate. 
Okay, so the second one's actually a the second question or a third question, I guess, is a pretty good segue. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to do some math if I'm going back and forth. Um, it's a good segue from talking about things that annoy each other about being in the house together. Because the question is, I think you both work from home, which is true. How do you balance work, kids, slash house? So I'm assuming like home tasks. How do we balance it, honey? Very precariously. <laughs> yes. Like a tightrope. I'm fairly convinced the people who are like, yeah, I have it all balanced out and it's great and everything's perfect are lying. They're just straight up oh, yeah. lying. Um, we take a good amount of time to plan out our week so that we have an idea of who's going where and what kid has what activity and who needs what work time. And we're both fortunate enough to have a lot of flexibility with our schedules. You know, there are a lot of people who are working from home right now who don't have that flexibility. They still have to be logged on to their computer. They still have to be in front of Zoom meetings most of the day who don't have that level of flexibility. Um, when I'm in my busy season, it's kind of like that, but I can still still have a certain amount of control over that. So I think being able to plan it out each week by week is pretty important. And then also I try to, I personally try to build in a lot of margin into my days when I can so that I have flexibility when something comes up because inevitably at least once a week, something comes up where one of us has to go get a kiddo or run to the store or do some other task that wasn't on the original plan. And if your days are so blocked out, this is where I disagree with some of the kind of organization or time planning experts who are like, have your day blocked out in like organized perfectly for every single minute so you're most productive. That's all great, but as soon as something comes up, which it inevitably does, especially if you're parents um, or caring for relatives, or there's there's all kinds of situations where something comes up and suddenly your whole plan's gone downhill. And if your day is so reliant on hitting every single time goal, it, your head explodes. So I try to build in as much margin as I can around the tasks when I can't. I Obviously, there are times when I am out at a job site or something and I just, I can't. And that time is fluid. Like I'm, I can't leave until the job's done. And that happens sometimes. But other than that, I try to, yeah, just make sure that I have some availability. Yeah, no, I, I agree that having margin in, in my days and in my weeks is something that I struggle with just because I have traditionally had a little less work time than you have. So I feel a lot of pressure to like get the work done during that time. Um, but then I have days that are much more open and much more flexible. So I have days that are less flexible, days that are more flexible. So I think the communication that you mentioned in the beginning, so we do our Sunday sit down on Sunday evenings, we go over our schedule. And so we work off of I'm definitely a paper planner kind of girl. 
But um, that doesn't work for us as a family. It doesn't work with our businesses. Um, so we use a Google Calendar, a shared Google Calendar, and it works until it doesn't. Like earlier this week when I had a podcast interview and Nick thought it was at one and it was at noon and he's coming in to make lunch four minutes before noon. And I'm like, hey, man, you can't you can't do that now. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> it's like I've got an interview in four minutes. And he was like, oh, so he he left and he, you know. It was just kind of one of those miscommunication things. But when we don't miscommunicate, then it's easy enough that I know that if I'm home with our little one, Nick has a meeting, that's when we go out and go to the library, give him that time to have his meeting. Same thing when I have podcast interviews, we give each other that space because we don't have two separate offices. We have one office that we share. And sometimes one of us will work in the kitchen, one of us will work in the office. Um, sometimes one of us will work at the co-working space that we go to. So we kind of balance that out and giving ourselves the actual time we need to work. But I think that actual – the communication is huge. I agree that margin is is big and having that flexibility is definitely a benefit that we have that a lot of people don't have. Um, balancing the kids, too, is just, like, always a work in progress. I mean, we seem to manage to get them to their activities, and we just communicate about who's going to bring who to activities. And I do some work at night. I do some client calls at night. And so usually, you know, you tend to be the go-to for activities more often than not. But, you know, then you tend to have a little bit more work time during the day. So we kind of just we just make that work. I think it, it really is. I mean, I feel like communication is the answer to a lot of <laughs> a lot of how do you make this work in relationships. But I think in terms of both working from home, yeah, it's it's a lot of communication working in that margin, uh, work in progress for me, for sure. And in terms of the house, um, we do our best. We try to get the laundry done and we try to vacuum. We've got a pretty good dishes routine, sort of. I, we could get better at our dishes routine. But for the most part, um, you know, we kind of we kind of have a rhythm in terms of our morning routine, too, where I typically get the kids base or the kiddo baseline ready or our big kid gets herself ready. Uh, sometimes she needs some prompting. She needs a reminder to brush her hair, usually 14 to 17 times. And beyond that, one of us usually gets the kids breakfast and I usually bring the little one to school and you get the big kid on the bus it really just comes down to kind of rhythm. And then from there, it's whatever we kind of have mapped out in our schedule. In the evening times, too, you know, you kind of make sure the kiddos are okay while I get dinner together. We all sit down and have dinner. Um, and, you know, usually we kind of split the evening routine, bedtime routine. And then thankfully, because I cook, you usually do the dishes. And uh, I guess that's not really working, but that's, you know, the question was how do you balance work, kids, and the house, and it's communication and doing our best. Yeah, and I would say around the kids' activities and stuff, depending on what it is, our kids don't do a lot of team sports where there's games and stuff. It's more activities, like dance, gymnastics. Um. So don't feel guilty about being the parent who has to take a call, who has to get some emails done, who has to do some stuff while your kid is at the activity and you're not the parent glued to the window. Mm -hmm. Because I know you love your kids and I know you want to watch your kids do the thing, but at the same time, your kid's got to eat. There's got to be food on the table. And if that means 
you had to duck out of work early to take your kid out to this thing, but it also means you can take a client call. You can do send out one more email while you're watching that. Then don't feel guilty about that, you know, within reason. Um, you know, my parents used to, when I was growing up, you didn't, we weren't as able to be as mobile with our, with your work, but at the same time, there were definitely times when they were on calls or something while I was at my second hockey practice of the week and they don't need to watch that. They don't need to, you know, my mom would bring her laptop and do some work while I was doing a hockey practice. She'd watch the games and stuff like that. But when I'm actually competing, but if it's a practice or something, don't, don't feel bad about that. You've got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I think it goes back to the quality versus quantity with kids. Sometimes I think if you're there for the important things, and it's, you know, and, and they have to understand, too, that, you know, mommy and daddy, this is what we do. We work from home and, you know, we're going to we're going to spend that time with you and we're going to spend that quality time with you. But sometimes we got to take a call or I am <laughs> going to text message or call from you today. Um, and I was sitting in the car because our little one had fallen asleep on the way home from school and I was editing a reel and doing a voiceover and he called and he's like, where are you? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm, I'm home. I'm just outside working. And it just, you know what? It, that was the time I had to do it. I had to do it. Otherwise, I would have gone upstairs and it would have been crazy. And I would have had to ask everyone to be quiet for a couple minutes because I was a little behind on my work this week. But you know what? We that's sometimes it's balance and sometimes it is uh, just getting it done. <laughs> to be fair, I called because I checked the app that her preschool uses and it didn't show her being checked out. It didn't show any messages of we're here to pick her up. And so I had a brief moment of panic where was I supposed to get her? I thought, I thought Chris was getting her, but was I supposed to? Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in, yeah, in my defense, I was working there today, so I just walked over and was like, can I pick her up? And she ran to me, and we actually ran out the door without her actual shoes. She was wearing her, like, school shoes, these little slip-on shoes, and we got in the car, and we're driving to the grocery store. And she's like, oh, no, my shoes. And I'm like, it's fine, kid. You'll get them on Monday. It's all good. So, you know what? That's a good example of sometimes sometimes that balance. I mean, it worked. It Our system worked. It just sometimes we'd sometimes we doubt it, too. <laughs> At the same time, there was definitely a dance recital where I came in off the water, got dropped off on the back of a powerboat so that I could get to the dock, ran down the dock, met the car, and then bolted up to the dance recital so I could make it to the dance recital. Because I had to work that day. <laughs> it happens sometimes. See, being a good daddy. <laughs> being there when it's important, right? <laughs> okay. So let's let's go into another fun question. This is fun. I'm I'm interested to hear your answer. <laughs> fun stuff question number two. Was it love at first sight? I don't know about love, but it was <laughs> like probably lust. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I don't know if I believe in love at first sight because I mean I think there's connection, right? Like you can tell if you if you feel connected to someone, 
in some way, but um, is it connection or is it, hmm, he's cute? Because that's definitely what I felt when you came down the stairs. <laughs> he's cute. Depending on who you ask, there's attraction at first sight. Yeah. Law of attraction. <laughs> oh gosh, let's we're not let's not get into that. Um but yes, there there is definitely a tra- there is definitely attraction for sure. But we dove in pretty fast and started dating pretty quickly and so I don't wouldn't say love at first sight, but definitely definitely attraction. Okay, wow. Going back and forth between these, this is these are really interesting segues <laughs> then. So cuz I don't I don't know. Do you have any more to say about that one or? I, no. Okay, so uh, question number three in the serious stuff section, probably the most serious of the questions. What has been the hardest season of your marriage and what has been the easiest? I think hardest is a toss-up between 2020, kind of early pandemic, and the first and second year of our marriage first year you think yeah of our marriage marriage i was thinking our dating life yeah now of our marriage um Mm. we don't need to delve too much into 2020 everyone was there (laughs) everyone it's still kind of raw for a lot of people you guys kind of get the gist of it with everything going on, the uncertainty, the stress, the home, like all of it, every little insecurity, every little stress you had just got ratcheted up to 11. And if you didn't go through a hard time in your relationships, then I salute you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think like early on in our marriage, we were quite young And I think we were still trying to figure out who we were. And, you know, we were both recently out of school, looking for jobs at the time when the job market was not great. I think I heard something where it was like the, the difference between graduating in like 2000 and between 2009 and 2010 versus the people who graduated college in 2011, 2012, it's like a $40,000 difference in earning potential. It was insane. (laughs) Like it's just, you didn't, you missed because of the way the economy was. So going through that at the time, so we're young, don't have a lot of money, trying to figure it out, just married, put a lot of strain on our relationship and Mm -hmm. that was hard. Meanwhile, you're trying to figure out who you are, who they are, you know, kind of feel like a teenager again, where you feel like you're changing every two to three months who you think you are. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, Mm. I don't know how you feel. Well, I mean, for, just to add to that a little bit, so we got married when we were – I was 21. I just turned 21. It was the week after I, I turned 21, and you were 23. So we were in our early 20s. We had been together for a little under two years at that point, but we were actually long distance for 
like nine months of that. So a good amount of that. So we hadn't even like been together for two years. We had dealt with long distance and we we wanted to be clearly wanted to be together. We got married pretty quickly. Um, we only had a three month engagement and we really just we didn't do any premarital counseling or anything like that. We literally just dove right in. And uh, not that not to say that that wouldn't work for someone else, um, but we really didn't have any foundation. And so that was that was definitely the most difficult. I don't look back at um, that time and think anything was OK. <laughs> it was not good. There was a lot of questioning, like, why did we get married? Do we even like each other? And uh, I'm thankful that we worked through it, but it took a lot. And like. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, so, and I, yeah, I think I agree. I think those first two years of our marriage and 2020 as a whole, I think, was hard. I think the, I think the end of 2020 was harder than the beginning or the beginning of the pandemic because I think it kind of, for, for me at least, it felt like it all came to a head. Like the stress of the year, I was trying to hold it together, trying to hold it together, trying to bake the sourdough, trying to do the homeschool thing, trying to just be the, trying to run a business, trying to, I stopped trying to be a good wife. I, cause I just couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't do it all. And so I think the end of the year like the fall and the winter just that was the hardest i think for me i think both of us were just so beyond burnt out and um yeah it just it wasn't good um but we've done a lot of growing since then last year was like the year of growth in our marriage um literally wouldn't be here without last year so yeah so what do you think is the easiest then? Easiest? As weird as it sounds, probably like when Sage was two. Hmm. It was like small child, but we kind of settled into a rhythm. We we're working together a lot on stuff. There were demands on our time, but nothing too extraneous. I kind of settled into my career a bit so that it was a little more predictable. Um, yeah, things kind of just flowed more. It was just less chaotic. Yeah, with another kiddo and busier jobs. And <laughs> yeah. I still think I still think now is easier than it ever has been before. I think it's easier for us now because we I think we've grown into ourselves and we've grown into our marriage that we can work through things a lot faster than we ever have before. If we have conflict or whatever or we have some sort of an issue, we bring it to each other and we work through it versus I think that there was a lot of like holding things and holding on to them and then it being like a big thing don't be afraid to have hard conversations i mean don't be afraid to have hard <laughs> conversations because you can work through them and I, I i still think our marriage is i think this is the easiest season of our marriage right now i get i get what you're saying about that time though yeah, yeah. i don't think it's going to get any easier in our life with the two kids and the are you all right 
Apparently it's You're drink number two for Nick. <laughs> okay. So fun stuff. Oh, this one's really fun. Okay. So we went through the hard, the serious stuff. Good. Did anything go wrong on your wedding day? Oh, God. I am not a great dancer. <laughs> we can lead with that one. That's I, I'm way before that. Um, a bird of some kind decided to uh, defecate from the trees. <laughs> so we got married in my parents' backyard, and which is it's a beautiful backyard. There's a ton of trees. There's a forest um, after the fence line, and basically most of the time it's almost completely covered in shade. So a lot of tree cover and which is great. It's great. Unless there's a bird sitting in the tree who decides to defecate <laughs> over top of the groom. Wearing a white shirt. Wearing a white shirt. Yes. So we've got some funny photos. <laughs> I I don't know if I noticed when it happened. I don't think any of us None noticed. None of us noticed yeah. when it happened. I just looked over and my whole shoulder is just covered in bird poop. <laughs> and so we like walked down the aisle together with you covered in bird poop. Yes. yes. Yeah. This was this is while I'm standing at the uh, al- was it altar. Well, it was a uh, it was like the arch that at, you're standing mo- in the yeah. arch standing there with the efficient behind us. And I look down, I'm just, yeah, covered in it. Like, well, we uh, can't really stop this right now. So <laughs> here we go. It's supposed to be good luck, though. Everyone's told me that's supposed to be good luck, so. Sure. And then we named our second child after a bird, so <laughs> clearly we have no resentment towards birds. <laughs> None. Okay, so I, I don't mean to interrupt you, sorry, but I was thinking, like, way before the the dancing or the bird. What was that? So, well, the bird was part of it. But the we had written our own vows, and the we, like, came to the efficient, yep. and we had one meeting with him, and we gave him the... Very nice gentleman. He was very nice, yeah. But we gave him the vows, and he definitely, I don't know if he forgot them, if he forgot that we had our own vows, but he definitely didn't read them. He just did, like, the classic... You know, uh, we, you know, we just went classic and, but, and he also forgot that we wanted readings from our, your sister and your best friend. And he also didn't have them come up and do it. We just had like the shortest, what was our ceremony? Like seven minutes. <laughs> Something like and that, that like included the signing of the uh, license yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. So, we got the job done, but. To be fair, we, we did, these were not custom vows that we had written. We just no, we chose found, from a set that yeah, we just were chose available. different ones, yeah. And he decided to pull an audible. Yes. And oh yeah, I guess we didn't write our own. I shouldn't say we, that we, we did not chose write our, our own, own yeah. vowels. Vows, but we <laughs> vowels. A I O U. Sometimes why? Um. <laughs> That's gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> They were not custom vows, but we did choose from a set. We chose different vows from what he read. 
which was quite surprising when you're standing there in front of your friends and family and the words that are coming out of his mouth are not what you expected. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that was that was very funny. We I mean and ultimately I was like, okay, well we are married. The papers are signed. This is a legal thing. We are legally married. We needed that for immigration. <laughs> uh, we also wanted to marry each other. Uh want to be married, but you know, for immigration we also needed that. We needed those signatures. Uh so that happened and and then we did end up having M and Kelly do their readings kind of during the uh reception part of things, but yeah, I think the bird and the vows not being close to what we had planned on. I mean, the dancing was just sort of funny. I was very big um, at the time of about not having a traditional wedding. I didn't want a lot of the traditional, um, I don't know, just old traditions, I guess. And so I wasn't so sure about the dancing because neither of us are good dancers. And so we did a couple dances. And uh, let's just say there are some... There are some interesting photos. We did a first dance, which was nice. We did, and then we did the, uh, what was it? The, what, the garter dance. That's what it was, uh, Yeah, right? I do think the, like, the one thing I wish we'd done before was oh. actual, taking actual dance lessons. Oh, yeah. That would have been nice. We didn't have, have, like, that... a dance floor. We just had a, a patio, patio. And a porch. And my sister at... As 10 a DJ. PM hammered up DJing. <laughs> Those are good memories. <laughs> yeah. So I, there were things that went wrong, but I also, uh, other than that, I wouldn't change anything about our wedding. I think it was great. No, it was, it was us. It was perfectly perfect. us for the time. I love that we were flip flops and our dad's grilled burgers, drinking beers, and we just celebrated being married. So, yeah. Um, okay, so going back to the serious stuff, what makes the biggest difference in your relationship? Um, other than coffee. Oh, coffee is not the answer. I, I, I saw your brain going, <laughs> yeah. and I was wondering if you were trying to decide if you wanted to say something that you think might be inappropriate. Um... Honestly, it's probably just day-to-day -day kindness. I think it's easy it's easier to get along and overlook things that annoy you or see the other person's point of view, work through problems together when you are both just kind to one another like throughout the day. It just it means that the point where you're starting any argument on an anger or frustration scale is so much lower than if you're just constantly just at each other's throats. Like if a little thing comes up like, I forgot to wash one of the kids' lunch boxes because they not pull, pulled it out for me. And so that screws up Kristen's morning routine because now it takes her a little longer because she can't find the lunch box. I have to wash it in the morning. That has the potential to derail the whole day. But if we're just in a state where we're just kind, I'll take responsibility for it. I'm sorry. I'll wash it right away. And she's like, okay, he's sorry. He's going to wash it right away. Then it just diffuses the situation. It's still annoying. Obviously, like I'm, it's not, it's not great. It's not ideal, but we can move beyond it. And 
if your whole day kind of goes like that, and hopefully not with the annoyances, but if it's just with the kindness of it, then having gone through seasons where we were not necessarily kind to each other all the time, I, I've noticed a big difference in how we approach each day and just the effect that has on us, you know, by the end of the day, you know, in that moment, if she's snarky or I'm defensive about it, it might not ruin the day. But if that's just starts the compound of everything that can go wrong in your interpersonal communications, like, okay, now I'm starting off my day in a bad mood. So now I'm going to be snippy to a client who's not doing what I want them to. And then they might not give me the answer I want. So now I'm in a worse mood. So then by the time Kristen comes home with Ren, now I'm in a really bad mood and it just keeps rolling like that. Spirals. Yeah. Yeah. Those like little acts of kindness considering the other person. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, the answer I was going to give is, I feel like the blanket answer that everyone gives <laughs> when it comes to making a difference in your relationship. But I, I, I really, I mean, I agree with you. I do. I think that just that considering each other and being kind and it just, it does diffuse things and it keeps things from getting out of hand. And, you know, we're a work in progress with that, right? We've got great days. We've got not so great days. Um, but overall, we've definitely, <laughs> I think we have better, we have more we're better at we're better at it. We have more good days than we have not great days. Um, but the other you know response I was going to give is just over communicating. Just literally, I know you don't love to talk as much as I do. <laughs> um, like you know, we said at the beginning, but I think that just with everything from routines to how something made us feel to where we want to go for dinner on date night like i think so that no one is disappointed no one's in the dark so that nothing is kept hidden so that nothing is um repressed for you know to pull out later as a weapon or anything i think the over communication and listening as well, which is something that I can admit to, you know, being a work in progress with, but listening to each other and in communication is not just, I guess communication is not just talking to each other. It's also listening to the other person. And so I think that we've had to kind of admit that, or this is my opinion, but that what we thought was communication was maybe not fully communication. There's like surface level communication and then there's making sure the other one feels heard and that you are actually hearing them and understanding them. It has to be effective communication. Yeah. Like it can't just be the more words you say don't necessarily make it better. Like if you, if you go and you watch some of like some, let's say NFL videos or something where they've got the quarterback mic'd up and it's his communications to the other 10 people on the playing field with him at the same time. He doesn't say a lot, but what he's saying is super effective. 
he's incredibly effective at his communication. Or you'll see um, people who've been through combat. You watch some of the combat videos and you can hear what the guys are saying to each other. There's no fluff in it. There's no like um, extra words added in. It's very much just it's effective communication for what they need at the time. So kind of knowing what kind of communication you need at the time. If you're sitting down with your feet up at the end of the day, you can be, you know, take as long as you want, use as many words as you want. But there's also time when you have to communicate effectively and quickly to your partner to make sure that there's no miscommunications, there's no lost in translation. Um, so I think that's where a lot of I think that's where a lot of our issues have come from, where there's been miscommunications or we haven't understood one another mm-hmm. because we were trying to basically over communicate it. Like Yeah, it's not effective. Yeah. 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 No. I agree. Though you did lose me with the football reference, I won't lie. So you probably lost some other people with the football. <laughs> I get I got it though. For the, I, for the three I came of you back. listening who got it, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, oh, this is interesting because we're talking about communication and this is, I thought this is a really interesting question. So for a fun question, how, and I guess this is fun and sort of serious at the same time. So how and how much do you talk about the things you learn from podcasts and books? Depends on what podcasts and what books I am reading. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Same thing with me. I don't. I don't discuss everything I'm learning from podcasts or books, but we have in the, in the past quite a bit listened to the same podcast. So we'll listen to podcasts together if we're on a road trip and then sort of discuss them. Um, we So we'll listen to the actual same podcast together. Then there will also be sometimes I'll listen to a podcast that was really good and ask you to listen to it and we'll kind of chat about it. Or at least sometimes we don't even chat about it. We just both listen to it. And so we kind of just, you know, know that each other heard it. But for the most part, we usually try and talk about it when we hear a good podcast. Um, We've listened to the same marriage podcast before on and off. Sorry, I'm making noise. Um, Yeah, we've listened to the same marriage podcast before on and off. And that's, I think, helped us to get on the same page with things that we might want to incorporate in our marriage, things we might want to work on. Um, Same thing with books. Um, It's been a while since we've discussed a book or read a book together. Um, But I think we just let it come up in conversation. I think we will. We just we have conversations end of the night. Usually we'll sit on the couch and sometimes watch TV. But oftentimes we will just get into conversations and we are both pretty avid readers and listeners of podcasts and audiobooks. So I think it just comes up. I think it also depends what season of consumption you're in. Mm. Um, I go through phases of what I consume. Um, I think lately in our society, we've been going through a phase of hyper um, self-improvement. Where, like, if you're not reading at least four personal development books a month, listening to all the podcasts and doing everything you can to level up yourself, which if you use the term level up but do not play video games, 
I have a problem with that. <laughs> I disagree. But let's not call anyone out. You're gonna get canceled. <laughs> you can't get canceled if you're never there. So <laughs> you're here now. <laughs> um, like as a society, we've come through. Like in the last probably say six or seven years, I would say the last decade. In the last decade, it's starting to taper off a bit now. Um, but there was very much this emphasis on you have to self improve, have to self improve, have to self improve. And I went through a major burnout of that to the point where I have not. I can honestly say I have not picked up or listened to a self improvement, self help book audiobook podcast in a couple years now just because for my time that I have when I can sit down and read a book when I can listen to a book when I'm doing the dishes or listen to a podcast I'm doing it for pure entertainment purposes so I'm listening to some an awesome science fiction book or a podcast on the car racing i'm interested in or it's not necessarily mindless it's good content but it's not necessarily designed for me to take and discuss with somebody who isn't necessarily interested in that same thing so when i do listen to not that i never do but i still listen to some marriage podcasts relationship podcasts um some pop culture ones. We discussed the pop culture ones yeah, quite a, a bit because they're <laughs> interesting. Um, we will discuss it every now and then. Um, I think some of the shorter form ways are actually better. Like um, we've been following um, an expert, a uh, relationship expert on Instagram. And so you'll show me her stories every once in a while. We'll go through some of that stuff. Um, which for me is a lot more digestible than having to commit to a half hour podcast or something like that, where to me, this time that I could just be kind of zoning out, decompressing and listening to something that I enjoy rather than being forced to improve myself at all times. <laughs> so, but I think it does. I, I could argue that it, in, in this season, it is helping you to improve yourself because what you need right now in the busyness of life, you know, being a business owner, having to, you know, uh, I guess elementary-ish age kids, going through a lot of transitions in our life, you need that time to decompress. So I would argue that that is going to improve you more than listening to the self-help book that might just overwhelm you more. So, but at the same time, I, I understand because I definitely go through my seasons of consumption. I, I like that kind of way you put it are very, are much shorter than yours, I think. So I'll go through a phase of a month or so where I'm like really interested in business podcasts. So I'll listen to a bunch of business podcasts or I'll go through, you know, a season where I'm really interested in the marriage podcast and there's something that I want to work on in our marriage or I'll go through a season where, um, you know, there's I'm reading a book on parenting or I'm working on something in my health. And I'm thankful that having this podcast means that what I just got two books in today on very different topics. One of them is on parenting. One of them is on health. And so I do get to I expose myself to a lot of different 
topics and I, t- I tend to bring those up to you and I'm like, hey, I learned this interesting thing. But I think, you know, when there is something that is impactful on us, I think we do, we just, we talk about it. And in terms of actually, so the question is, I guess, how and how much. So how much is pretty regularly, but it kind of the topic that we talk about is and kind of the, um, I don't know, the seriousness of it just depends on kind of what season we're in and how is we just make it a part of the conversation. Sometimes we do it together. Sometimes we listen to the podcast together and sometimes it's just something that one of us brings up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably daily. Yeah. I would say daily. Yeah. We, we talk about it. Um, you might not care what the upcoming 2022 IndyCar grid looks like. Can confidently say, I don't. You are more interested in um, a medical article I might have read or a science article yeah. I might have read. Let me surprise. I don't only consume mindless entertainment <laughs> stuff. I do consume. <laughs> You're very intelligent. Other, you have a health degree. Uh, other things. Um, it just happens to be I'm not consuming a lot of self help, which I I don't know why that's where I went to with that question. I feel like that's just. Well, I mean, I guess the assumption is that things that we're learning about from podcasts and books is often some form of improvement, right? If we're, I mean, yes, you might learn about what's coming up at the 2022 IndyCar race, but so you might learn that, but it's not something that you're, you know, growing in your knowledge of a certain topic that you might want to share with me. Maybe it is. If you are a couple who are like, this is something we do together. This is something that we are both interested in. We have this shared interest. Then maybe that's something you talk about. But like, for us, it's like, did you listen to the latest Be There in Five podcast? <laughs> or did you know the first man-made like space junk object is going to hit the moon this year? No, I didn't it's know It's like that. an old SpaceX Falcon 9 um rocket like expended rocket that's been in some weird orbit is going to hit they figure is going to hit the backside of the moon wow later this year i didn't know that that is really fascinating now i want to read that article (laughs) do you save it i did not i'll have to look it up i'm sure i can look it up so yeah no i think i think it's daily and i think it's just part of our it's part of our routine and i don't even think we think of it as an important part of our routine but i think it is a way that we connect outside of just how was your day talking about the kids and sometimes it is something that we learned about that could help to improve our marriage and sometimes or our health or you know something like that or it is Talking about things hitting the moon. <laughs> it's it's a way to bring some personalization back into your conversations. I think that's not just about you know your daily routines, your schedule, the kids. It's something else to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Like, did you know that this is going to happen? Did you know this thing? Here's what I learned. Did you have you been following? the latest drama with the Magnolia Network couple. That That's one we talked about. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just, it's a way to have other things to talk about. 
that you consume and maybe you consume it together, maybe you consume it individually. Um, but yeah, so I think I jumped straight to the self-improvement thing, but it doesn't have to be yeah. necessarily that where, and if it is always that and your partner is maybe someone like me, who's currently not in a space where they're big into the self-help field. If you're always bombarding them with that, it gets really old. Yeah. As the partner on the other side. Um, and it does not make them want to do it more. I can, I can tell you that in most cases. Yeah. Um, so having other interesting things, like I would rather hear about something that is interesting to you that you have learned mm-hmm. through your media consumption. Mm. Yeah, I like that. So the last of our serious stuff questions is, do you have the same friends and dealing with friendships in marriage? It's an interesting one. We have some family friends. Yeah, we have some of the same couple friends. friends. Couple friends, yeah. Um, but we also have different friends, too. We also have different friends. Mm-hmm. I think you know most of my friends. Yeah. I would say at this point now, like most of my close friends you are quite familiar with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Well, I think Um, you know most of my friends too. I have some online friends who I connect with, I catch up with that you might not have met. You've met some of them. You've met Ramsey. <laughs> Shout out to Ramsey. <laughs> um, but, and those are real friendships, which I, I know can be kind of a hard thing to wrap your mind around if you're not in the online world. But, you know, I just met up with a friend who we've been friends for the past like year and a half or so. We met online and we do, you know, coffee chats every now and again, minus the coffee. Um, and, so, yeah, I don't think you know all of – you don't know all of them for sure. But if I told you, you know, I had a coffee date with Sarah today, you know generally who I'm talking about, right? Probably only because I don't have a Sarah in real life. That would also be confusing. So we do – we have um, we have some mutual friends. So a couple friends that we've kind of made over the years. Some uh, more uh, – more family friends. So we have a we have a couple good family friends where our kids get along and they kind of hang out and the parents hang out and we get along. And I, I do I do enjoy those friendships because it's nice to be able to do something together as a family. Um, but then, we, yeah, we also have separate friends and I think that's okay too. I don't think there's – I'm never – I've never really felt jealous of your friends or anything like that. I've I've felt – I think because I don't know if that's dealing with friendships and marriage makes me think of like um, dividing your time, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it comes back to how you balance it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we each have our friend groups, but we don't. I probably see my friends more than you do most of the time just because. I've made them through my profession. Mm-hmm. So um, they are colleagues, associates that I interact with on a fairly regular basis, but then we are also friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if I'm spending all the time hanging out with those people and not you, then that is going to create problems. Right. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I think it's very important that you each have your own friends, somebody who you can bounce ideas off, who has a different perspective. They have different biases. Um, you know, I am lucky enough that I have friends who will straight up tell me when I'm not being my best self, when I'm not making the best decisions, they will, they will inform me of that. Where I think oftentimes when you're in a partnership or you have a spouse, they can, it, it changes the way you communicate. It changes the way you judge each other, um, or you see them. So having those kind of outside observer friends who they're not impartial, but they can be, they have a different perspective anyways. Mm -hmm. um, it can be very beneficial because mm -hmm. I, I think there's also like, we know couples who are primarily only have couple friends mm -hmm. and my general reaction is also that sometimes they lack perspective. And so knowing more people, seeing more people, interacting with more people just gives you more perspective on what is going on all the time and that maybe your way of thinking isn't always correct. And that's not to say that you need to have dozens of friends because both of us really just have a couple close friends. Oh, yeah, I don't and have then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, yeah, we're not over here with like 20-person friend groups over here that we talk to and all the time. I find it hard to maintain friendships just especially in-person friendships, just with my kind of weird lifestyle. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, being an entrepreneur and having an abnormal schedule. A lot of my mom friends are stay-at-home moms, and I am not. I, I, I'm at home with my kiddo a couple times a week, but I'm still working during that time. And on the weekends, I more often than not want to hang out with my husband and my kids than I want to hang out with other people. We'll do that on occasion, which was, which is why it's, it's great to have couple friends uh, or uh, I guess family friends for that. But oftentimes, I, you know, I've been working all week, I'm tired, and I just want to decompress and hang out with my people. And I do have some incredible friends, and I love seeing them and getting together with them. I love a good girls' night. But I I think the having separate friends or friends that are just kind of our individual friends, separate close friends that we can talk to, and like you said, we can be honest with and we can, you know, we, we can really truly feel like they're not going to like go to the other person and be like, oh, right. they said this thing about you. You know what I mean? And I've found that every of our friends would do that. You but somebody who has your back. Right. Like, <laughs> you just, you need your person. Like I've got my yeah. Jen. Like Jen is, you know, the person that I would call if something bad happened. <laughs> She's the person I have called. Not that I've done something bad, but she is, you know, she's my ride or die. And I yeah. just, and she, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't live close to us right now. Um, hopefully soon we'll live close to each other again. But I've got, you know, and like you love Jen, but you guys are not going to go hang out by yourself. Right. And so and, you know, you've got friends, too, where I'm like, yeah, you've, they're great, but we're just we're not going to go hang out on our own either. So I think that having that balance of having some friends that are the same, having some family friends and then also having friends that are 
yours and basically yours alone. <laughs> yeah. More more friends are good. Yes. <laughs> or diverse friends, I guess. Yeah. Different perspectives yeah. are good. Yeah. So this one's a fun one. Do you have <laughs> this is yeah. Do you have different traveling styles? Like one likes to plan, the other goes with the flow. What do you have to say about this, Nick? <laughs> Some of us travel better than others. I travel incredibly well. You do act you're actually not too bad. I am an incredibly good traveler, but I'm just a little more obsessive than you are. I find I travel, I would call it a kind of a medium amount. I am not. I don't know. I think you travel a lot. You travel a lot compared to the average person. Yes, but I know that there's people out there where they're like, my husband, you know, he's every week, he's traveling three days a week to a different place. Right. Yeah, dailies, it's not that In level. and out. I travel a medium amount, which is probably a lot for most people, but it's not the. I've got clients who spent 200 days on a plane. Yeah. In the no. last year. Maybe not last year, but up until 2020, they were, you know, between 150 and 200 days on a plane. That That's not me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, so it comes down to knowing when you have to be flexible and when to plan. Mm -hmm. So like for me, especially in the wintertime when you're traveling, I'm always playing around the weather. Mm -hmm. Is there a planned snowstorm coming? When is the window to miss the snowstorm? Is it um, it's just kind of being flex flexible, but also knowing when your window is? Like, okay, is the window is now to go? Is it an ideal time for us? Maybe not, but it'll be a whole lot less ideal to be traveling in a blizzard. Yes. Um. So I think if you you have to be flexible to a certain amount. And I think just experience traveling in general, you learn when and what you can be flexible around and what you need to be firm on. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have different travel. I, I think, I think of this more as like packing, I think, and preparing for the trip. I think actually traveling together, we're pretty good. We, we're usually pretty much on the same page. Over the years, I have gotten way, way more flexible with my traveling. And it's interesting because I, I was very flexible in my traveling when I was younger, before we, before we got together, before, um, and then even when I was doing some traveling in our early marriage, I was way more flexible with things than I, I think, um, I became, I think I had this expectation of myself that I needed to have everything perfectly planned and, you know, I needed to be the Pinterest person and <laughs> with everything. And I do thrive off of organization and planning. And so for something like our recent road trip, for me, what made me feel good and what me, what felt like it made things run a little bit more smoothly, even if just in my head was just making sure that I had my list and we had all the things that we needed and we used almost everything we had. So I don't think it was an over, you know, an over pack or an over obsessive type of thing. I joke about being obsessive. I just think that 
I joke about being kind of over obsessive, but I think it's just where we do have different traveling styles. I think overall, you're just much more comfortable with it because you travel so much more. Um, But and I definitely like to plan more than you do. But then, you know, there's instances like, you know, we kind of had a little chat before the road trip and I was like, listen, we're doing this with kids. I know you expect us to get there in 22 hours, but we got to add like four hours onto that. And we we did. And because we needed to stop more and they needed to stretch their legs and we needed more snack stops and bathroom breaks and all that. And so I think some of it's also, yeah, we have different traveling styles, maybe inherently, but we also have to kind of meet in the middle and get on the same page with things and overall i think we're pretty we've done quite a bit of traveling together and not overseas that's on the list eventually but we've done you know some traveling together and i think so, we're pretty good yeah like i said i think it's knowing it comes with time knowing when you can be flexible and when you need to have a firm plan yeah and we're slowly growing into that um like how many how long before you need to be out the door into the cab or the car do you need to have everything together? Or when do you start preparing for that? When do I start? Yes. It depends on what kind of trip it is and how long it is. Give me a like, Long time. weekend with a plane. How, when do I start preparing for it? Yes. A week in advance. Like putting stuff in piles yeah. into bags. Right. List. Things that I don't need into piles and then slowly start, you know, I have, okay, this is when I need to make sure I have my laundry done. So my laundry is ready. And then I have, you know, a separate list for things I need to grab right away. You know, the whatever it is, my passport, purse, phone, charger, you know, all that stuff. So it's several lists, usually about a week in advance for a long weekend. And you're like 30 minutes before. (laughs) Uh, depends if there's laundry. So I will say eight hours because I will usually put a list together and figure out if I have to do laundry. You write a list? Uh, sometimes mostly to make sure I don't forget my passport. But even then I've gotten down to a pocket check. Yeah. If you put one thing in each pocket, you can slap the pockets. This is like this is literally how I used to pack for hockey. I would know how many pieces of equipment I would need. I think it was ten, and I could just tap around the bag. And if I tap ten different things, I've got everything. <laughs> so it's like okay, wallet, keys, passport, <laughs> cell phone. If I hit four pockets that each have something in it, I can figure it out from there. <laughs> I love it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. Lists upon lists upon lists. But, you know, I knock on wood, rarely forget things. So, you know, we have different styles, but it works for us. So what's one thing about the other that would surprise us to know? Surprise who? Surprise the listeners. Surprise the listeners. Okay, I've got one. What do you have? You're really good at animal noises. Yeah. You have an uncanny ability to make animal noises, and it's hilarious because the kids love it. But, I mean, yeah, he can moo and make goat sounds like none other. And it's a special skill. It I is. grew up with a petting zoo a 10-minute walk away from my house. That's true. It was basically and in your so backyard. 
we spent a lot of time at the petting zoo, like all the time. And so, yeah. I, I mean, it's great. It's great for kids. It makes reading farm stories fantastic. Probably the most majestic animal you will ever <laughs> run into in your life. That's going to be a soundbite. <laughs> right there. <laughs> what was one for you? Just have to be witty. It can be honest. What would surprise them about me? Your drink of choice is probably straight bourbon. Oh yeah, that might surprise them, huh? Yeah, it is. Either that, no, on, or you're not awesome at walking in heels. What do you mean I'm not awesome at walking in heels? I mean, I'm not awesome, but I think <laughs> I'm. I guess I don't walk in heels very much. I don't think that would be surprising Maybe to them, though. Honestly, because um, I live in sneakers. I think the bourbon one's a good one. Probably the bourbon one. That is true. Yeah. Not straight bourbon. But bourbon I, with ice. I drink it with yes, one cube. Not a savage. But. Yeah. One cube. <laughs> That's my drink of choice. It's true. That one should have been more fun than it was. Oh. I don't, I, okay. Well, listeners can come back and be like, we You've need juice. I've seen Spam a lot three times. On Broadway. Okay. That's, I, I mean, love that, Monty that's Python. Something. Is that surprising? A little bit. I mean. Well, they know I'm a huge Broadway nerd, I think. But Monty Python's. Oh, maybe they don't. Okay. Monty Python's its own special. It's its own. <laughs> special amazingness. I mean. Yes. All right. Well, that's a good one. Are you a Monty Python movie or Monty Python Flying Circus? Oh, I grew up on the Flying Circus. Like flying my circus. dad, yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad, we would watch Monty Python Flying Circus. My mom hated it because she did not understand it. I was so. more, more of the movies. We, I also watched the movies. I think I watched the movies more with my friends during high mm. school. Yeah. But we could, yeah, my dad and I consistently quote it quote <laughs> monty python mm. okay last question it's a fun one because we ran out of the serious ones and okay. i think that's okay it's, if they're still listening by now then they're they still listening <laughs> i mean if they were listening a half an hour ago they're probably still listening now <laughs> they're probably folding laundry and they're like they're they're a little crazy but i don't know we're somewhat interesting <laughs> somewhat so what are our favorite dates to go on or what are your favorite dates to go on <sighs> um probably activities hmm. it's been hard lately with things either not open or restrictions or hoops to jump through to do a lot of it um but yeah usually usually doing things like um we used to do a lot of wall climbing or um, even just going on walks, like a long walk mm -hmm. is good. I kind of look forward to the day where our kids are old enough that we can leave them at home and we can just <laughs> go on a walk. I like going yeah. on walks with the kids, but it's hard at this age, too, where Ren is tiny, so she's still tiny enough to go in a stroller, but we just broke our stroller, and it's sort of like, do we buy a new one because she's four and she can walk? It's convenient to have her in the stroller, but she's sort of maxing out the umbrella stroller, and we don't want to buy a big stroller. 
And so walks with the kids are a little bit more complicated if we're not just like going around the block these days. So I look forward to the day where we can just be like, all right, kids, we're going to go for a 20 minute walk. Yeah. Just hang out. But I interrupted you. Sorry. Yeah. I think the, the activities I'm trying to think, well, I can't, I'm spacing on everything, but wall climbing right now. Uh, things like Dave and Buster's. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Dave we and did Buster's that. are fun. Um, we played tennis. We I like that. Tennis, that mm-hmm. was good. Even though it was really dark and really we couldn't dark. see. <laughs> we drove by the day and the lights were all on the tennis court. Oh, I was like this. Well, those weren't on when we tried. I think that's better. The dinner and a movie thing, not really us. No, it has to be a good movie. If we're gonna do, we do a movie like once a year. Yeah, we went to see Dune. That was really good. That's to be a movie that's worth seeing in a theater and not just something that we would watch on a Thursday night sitting at home. Yeah. And the dinner has to be really good. I There's, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'm also a little bit pickier because I'm like, <laughs> I, could, I can make good food at home, so why would we go out and spend money if it's not really good? Which means when we do go out to eat, we usually spend a little bit of money. And so, yeah, I would... I like going out because we spend so much time at home working at home. So I like not being at home, but I agree. I'd rather do activities. So I love rock climbing or it is wall climbing because we haven't actually rock climbed. I love hiking or going for walks. I liked playing tennis. I want to do that again when it gets a little bit nicer. Um, When we go camping, we've done canoeing and I really like that. We haven't done kayaking together, have we? No, I kayak with Eric. But um, my other husband. <laughs> Most podcast listeners, if they've been listeners for a while, they know Eric. He's one of my best friends. The term is stunt husband. Stunt husband. <laughs> He's a stand-in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not not to uh, downplay his role in my life. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I like traveling together too. Just going to new places and trying out new things. Love a good brewery. Going to try it. Yeah. Especially, okay, especially a brewery if it's outdoors, bonus points, but not right, not right now. Now is freezing cold. We're actually literally in the middle of a blizzard right now. But if there's like cornhole or something where we can actually do something, we would try a new beer. We actually do something. We sit there and we're not, sorry, we're not just sitting there. We're actually active i also do like playing games that's one of our favorite things to do like on we've done that with couples before um we have some family friends where we've kind of gotten into a habit of every time we hang out with them the kids go off and play we usually do dinner together the kids go off and play and we play games and i really enjoy that so and i like doing that together too we haven't done that in a little while but i like playing games yeah, I don't I don't think we have any like crazy big usually what I share on Instagram is when we go to like a really good restaurant. Uh like went to a great oyster place last week and that was delicious and that was awesome. But uh I don't know, maybe I I guess I probably have to wow, we're really coming full circle with this. I think I have to agree with Debbie. I get that um maybe just going out and eating a big meal does make you kind of feel like lethargic and blah after versus going and playing a game of tennis. We went and played tennis. We played tennis and then we, it wasn't really a game. It was just hitting the ball, but we went and had nachos and sat at the gazebo and ate our nachos and then came back home. And, oh, we also like to go to like the dive bar around the corner. 
Yes. Not everything needs to involve alcohol, but it's they have a pool table and darts, and I love playing darts. And Nick is surprised that I'm not actually terrible at darts usually. Usually not. Usually not. Not great at pool. But I'm not bad at darts. <laughs> so do you have anything else for that? Oh, I think that, that covers it. I think that's it. So that's the end of our questions. We got through all of them. Actually wow. surprising. It's – I thought that it would take us longer to get through them. But we talked about a lot. We talked about serious stuff and fun stuff. And I think it was good. Is there anything that you feel like we missed that you want to add? I mean, it was their questions. I know, but I'm just – I don't know. That's why I usually end interviews, so <laughs> – do you want to do my my rapid fires at the end? Let's I don't do think you did fire. them before. Sure. I've got to pull them up. You think I should have them memorized, right? I just created new ones this year because I felt like my my last one was stale. Okay. Ready? Sure. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Podcast or book? Podcast. What did you eat for breakfast this morning? I had a... Egg ham sandwich. Hmm. What's your first choice when ordering takeout? Pizza or pad thai. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. That one's obvious. And last but not least, what does balance mean to you in this season? Balance means being able to get your must-dos done without feeling like the world is ending to do it. Like if you can get your must, you don't have to get everything on your to-do list done. You don't have to get everything. This is something that I've worked on. It's just having two or three must-do tasks that if as long as I get those done, you're good. The extra stuff, great. That's just a bonus. But as long as I can get those must-dos done, then, and it's not too crazy stressful, I can breathe at the end of the day to do it, that is kind of balance to me. Hmm. I like that. Thank you for being on with me. You're welcome. Thanks for being uh, my Danielle stand-in. No, honestly, though, I mean... I love having you on. I like having these conversations. Um, and I think I know that everyone else likes it too because you were one of my top requests when I, which was only a, a little bit annoying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love you. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.